Hey, yo, Cali Green Monster Show. Sports. Stuff. Yeah. Let's get it, Nate Diaz. Welcome into another episode of A Cali Green Monster Show. I am your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you here from the Tesla Studios in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. It is July 7th, 2021, and I've got an excellent show lined up for you guys today. As always, new listeners to the show, welcome in. You're in for a treat because you put on the perfect podcast for listening to for listening to while you're doing things that you don't really want to be doing whether you're at work whether you're working out or whether you're just staring at a wall and hanging out why don't you listen to a cali green monster show let it be the perfect background noise and maybe you'll learn a a thing or two about the current events in sports get my opinion on what you think what i think you know get my opinion on what's going on and what I think about it. And so every once in a while, we'll talk about some random stuff or random bullshit that's on my mind, you know, whether it be a movie, whether it be talking about the flaws in the Harry Potter world or random bullshit commercials that I see. You know, one of the things that I think's on my nerves right now is the fact that Wimbledon is on. And apparently ESPN thinks that everyone in America loves Wimbledon. When newsflash, Wimbledon's the only, like, the only reason any of us will watch tennis is because it's on the background of whatever it is we're doing or if we're at a bar or if we're hanging out at like you know someone's house that you don't want to be at it's like oh hey guys look Wimbledon's on you know I've only watched Wimbledon a handful of times in my life you know when I was a kid when we go visit my grandma my grandma loved watching tennis for some reason so in the summer when Wimbledon was going on you'd go there and it's like all right I guess let's watch tennis with Mamey I recall a time in college when I was with an ex-girlfriend and I was forced to kind of hang out at her house and I didn't really want to be doing it. So she obviously became an ex-girlfriend pretty soon after this. But I remember the excuse for not wanting to go hang out with her is, oh, Andy Roddick's in the Wimbledon final and I got to watch that. You know, keep in mind, I think the only time I'd watched tennis before that was, as I'd said, at my grandma's house when I was a kid growing up. And I think the last time I watched tennis or actually watched like a full tennis match, it was while my wife was in labor with my son. You know, so this was two summers ago and Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer were playing in the Wimbledon final. And I mean, while your wife's laboring, there's only so much that you can do there. You know, you're trying to be there for support. You know, hey, honey, you know, just try to breathe. You know, you're rubbing the back. But also at the same time, it's like, oh, dude. Dude, this is starting to become the longest Wimbledon match of all time. Isn't that crazy? And hey, newsflash for guys out there, while your wife's in labor, she's not going to be really interested in what's going on in the Wimbledon match. And can you really blame her? So... I mean, the reason why I'm complaining about this is that every morning, you know, part of my routine is usually having Sports Center on in the background so I can just kind of see what's going on and, you know, keep up to date. And that's kind of how I watch my baseball. It's like, oh, hey, Shohei Otani hit another freaking home run. And, you know, the Red Sox are actually doing good and the Yankees fucking stink. And, I appreciate my sports center in the morning. So that's what sucks when, like, I'm tuned on the TV and ESPN and ESPN2 both have Wimbledon going on like you know like their viewing audience actually wants to watch tennis so they must have paid a lot of money to have the Wimbledon coverage because that seems like the only excuse of 
actually being able to show it because I'd be really curious to see what the numbers of people watching Wimbledon and them excluding bars and like Buffalo Wild Wings and places like that that actually just play ESPN all the time no matter what's going on because let's be real I mean I I think the only time I talked about tennis on this was when the Naomi Osaka removed herself from the French Open and since then I mean I haven't talked about tennis at all so We'll see. I mean, hopefully, I can't wait for Wimbledon to be done. I think that Novak Djokovic today was in the quarterfinals, and he was whooping whatever jabron from Hungary that he was playing. So I am sure Novak Djokovic is going to win that. He already won the Australian Open and the French Open, so he's probably going to win Wimbledon and probably going to win the U.S. Open. And I don't know what that's called, probably like the Golden Grand Slam or something like that. So that's something to pay attention. But let's be real. This is not a big tennis show. So why don't we pivot out of tennis and let's move on to track and field because I can promise you this. This is the first time on episode 109 that a Cali Green Monster show has talked about track and field and it's basically one of the biggest stories in sports over the past week i think that the first you know breaking of what happened with shakari richardson happened like the day after the last episode of the show that i recorded and i never got around to recording a podcast about it or talking about it so this is going to be my first time having an opinion on it or at least making it public on this platform and it's coming off the heels of finding out that shakari richardson wasn't invited to take part of the four by 100 relay so to kind of recap anyone that's unfamiliar with the story or only familiar with bits and pieces of it is she Carrie Richardson you know she rose to fame in 2019 while she was a freshman at LSU because she broke the women's collegiate 100 meter record at like running a 10.75 and that was only at 19 years old so she was basically destined to be on this Olympic team and to possibly podium and get gold medal at the Tokyo Olympics and not just at this Olympics but at Olympics moving forward you know you look at how much Simone Biles how much of a star she became after the last Olympics and even going into this Olympics and I think a lot of people were thinking that Shakari Richardson was going to be like that you know she qualified for the Olympic team by smashing at the Olympic trials she got in first place and she beat the second place person by 0.13 seconds and in a 100 meter dash 0.13 seconds is huge like a full tenth of a second like she basically smoked the field if like that's just to put that in perspective so you know she was obviously the best person she lived up to the hype she was the fastest person and but the problem is, is that after the Olympic trials, she got flagged, you know, for a drug, you know, drug infraction. And it wasn't for performance enhancing. You know, there was a runner, I think, this past month that got flagged for a steroid that she blamed on eating a pork burrito. And apparently that's a legitimate excuse. So I'm not really here to talk about that. I'm really here to talk because Shakari Richardson, she got popped for marijuana. And with that, that holds a one month suspension from you know, all competitions. And because of that, she's ineligible to run the 100 meter dash at the Tokyo Olympics. And for that, she was basically going to be off the Olympic team. And, you know, a lot of people were holding out hope that 
you know, after the one month suspension is over, I think it would be like on July 27th when the suspension would be over. And this would allow her to take part in the four by 100 relay on August 5th. However, yesterday when the U.S. track and field released their rosters, she was left off of it. So it looks like she's not going to be taking going to Tokyo and not taking part in the Olympic Games. So, you know, the U.S., they had a statement about it, you know, talking about how they feel the stance on marijuana, the drug testing program is definitely something that needs to be reevaluated, but they also recognize that they can't just change the the rules and regulations like in the weeks leading up to the Olympics for this one occasion. Everyone's been extremely upset about this, you know, mainly for the fact that people are pointing out that how why is marijuana even still being tested and especially during sport considering that marijuana is not a performance enhancing drug you know it, a lot of people use it for pain management so it's better than taking pills so a lot of people are just like this is kind of draconian and old school and that this should not even be a thing and under the circumstances of why she smoked marijuana or smoked pot she's been you know she's she she's been very owned up to it she's never tried to deny that it didn't happen she never tried to make excuses what she did is that what she said is that she heard that her biological mother had passed away and she didn't hear that from like her friends or family she heard that from a reporter while she was being interviewed so as you can imagine that's a complete shock you know as someone who lost his mother you know, I I have sympathy for anyone that loses their mother at any age. You know, she's 21 years old. So I can only imagine how devastating that is. And then to be able to hear that from just some random person off the street, that's it's it. You know, that must be completely rough. And, you know, so she admitted that she smoked pot to, you know, try to kind of hide away from her feelings and to feel completely better. So, I mean, she's been very apologetic. And, you know, if you want my opinion, I agree. I think that testing for pot is completely stupid. And I think that, you know, most sports, I'm really hoping that they they move away from it. You know, because even, you know, I've, I remember Stephen A. Smith one time making a point that, they need to keep testing for marijuana because when he was a sideline reporter for the NBA, he'd be able to look inside inside team huddles and see guys' eyes that were completely red, and he would know that they were completely stoned out of their mind. And I mean, but my, my logic is if these people are the best athletes in the world and they could perform while smoking pot, you know, this isn't something that you have to worry about these guys ODing on the court or on the field when they're doing it. You know, if they, you know, if they need to toke up a little bit to play, then I think you know let them do it you know when you talk a lot about you know when a lot of these retired NFL players and basketball players when they you know when they retire and they go on a lot of these shows and do interviews and do podcasts it's amazing how many of them say that like oh everyone in the league smoked it's like I know some of the guys that couldn't play without smoking so if this is a known thing it just needs to kind of I don't know I think need to go away but at the same time this was a known rule and it has been a known rule for the entire time that drug testing has been going on in the Olympics. So she was, Shakari Richardson was well aware of it. And so that's why I think at the end of the day, I don't really have too much sympathy for her in the situation. I mean, I have sympathy for her that she lost her mother and now she has to, you know, compound those rough feelings of losing her mother with now losing out on the opportunity to go into the Olympics and completely changing her life for the better. You know, the Olympics is known for having the most stringent drug testing. You know, 
they they don't care about the excuse. They'll pop you for anything. They'll test you at any time of the year. That's why it's pretty crazy when people can find a way to beat the drug test. That's why, you know, the Russians have still been banned from the Olympics. You know, they're, you know, they can still compete, but athletes of Russia. So, you know, it's, but the point I'm saying is that she knew that that was something. And I think my whole thing is, I understand that when she when her mom passed away, I'm sure she wasn't in the right mind of thinking. And I think that this all kind of points to the people that surround her. She might need to reevaluate the people that she keep, like the company that she keeps, because, in my opinion, she, you know she's training for the Olympics. She she hasn't you know she's never been known to pop you know fail a drug test in the NCAA or in these international track and field competitions or any time leading up to the Olympics so she doesn't seem to be someone that has a problem with marijuana so when she found out the news of her mom I highly doubt that she had any with her so I'm sure that she had to get it from someone that she knows whether it's a friend or you know a family member or maybe she happened to be in a state in an area that had clinics and she just went to a clinic and got pot herself and this was all her idea but the I just have a feeling that there was probably people around her that could have stopped and prevented this and tried to prevent this mistake but that didn't happen so I would just you know just kind of like you know I I think about George St. Pierre when he lost his title the first time to Matt Sarah that made him reevaluate the company that he was keeping and he was realizing that he had a bunch of yes men around him and people that weren't really looking out for his best interest and from that time moving forward he only kept certain company and people that were really looking out for what was best for him and I think Shakari Richardson really needs to look at who she's keeping company with because I would think real friends and people that are really looking out for what was best for her would not have let that mistake happen or have done their best to prevent that from happening. So let's move on from track and field. Let's let's talk some golf. So yesterday was the match. We had Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau taking on Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. You know, last year it was Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. They were taking on Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning. And I think, you know, it was a fun time. I think it was known for Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods kicking ass and, you know, Tom Brady not doing very well. So he was definitely out here looking for redemption. They were playing out in Montana yesterday. They were playing at, like, I think 7,800 or 7,500 foot elevation. So they were well above sea level. So, the, you know, the balls were expected to fly and fly they did. You know, there was one where Bryson DeChambeau, I think that was a, uh, was a par five. And it was crazy length. I think it was like 770 yards or something. And he drove that thing 444 yards. It was insane. I mean, it would put make Happy Gilmore proud and something that even he would be happy with. You know, so it was great golf. There was... One, I think it was a par four on the third hole where Bryson DeChambeau with a three wood put the ball within like a couple feet of the cup. And then Tom Brady hit probably the drive of his life and brought it, you know, within a couple feet of DeChambeau's ball. It was amazing. You know, he basically reached the pin on a par four with his driver. So he definitely looked a lot better than he did last year, but it still didn't make, make a difference. Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers, they ended up winning at the end. So Tom Brady, he is now 0-2 during these the match 
plays. So I'm wondering if he's going to keep signing up to do this every single year until he gets a win, or maybe he's going to feel like he needs to take a summer off to reevaluate his game, or possibly maybe reevaluate the professional that he's lined himself up with. Because, you know, hey, I love Phil Mickelson. He's a lefty. I'm a lefty golfer as well. I'll always have a special place in my heart for Phil Mickelson, but, you know, he's not really delivering the goods for Tom Brady. You know, Bryson DeChambeau at some point, there was a ball that was like up against the golf cart and like some twigs. And he just like punched that thing out like 220 yards with his hybrid. He said he took a chunk out of his hybrid with it. But I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, do I think that what would have been super electric is if you had Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers on one side. And if you if you paired up Brooks Kepka with Tom Brady, you know, Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau, that's like the biggest rivalry in golf right now. We're all eating it up every time we can see them look at each other and see Brooks Kepka give Dyson DeChambeau that, you know, that shit face. You know, it's you know, that's what we watch sports for. We love rivalries. We love a reason to tune in. And I think that next year they'd be completely missing the mark if they don't bring in Brooks Kepka to be playing against Bryson DeChambeau. This was an atmosphere that was built for shit talking and there was a lot of shit talking going on. You know, there was at one point when Aaron Rodgers made fun of how little Phil Mickelson's belt buckle was and it was like, oh damn dude, Aaron Rodgers, was that fucking unnecessary? We already know that Phil Mickelson's a little nerdy, but you're going to really do that to the guy so it's good stuff you know Aaron Rodgers at one point of of course he was asked about if he was going to be the Packers quarterback next year and he kind of said he didn't know and when pressed about it he just you know he basically shut that shit down and said that he was there just trying to have some fun with Tom Brady and just playing some golf and you know so we didn't really get much there so you know, in terms of Aaron Rodgers in his Packers situation, I think we still don't quite know. If you ask my opinion, I think that he will be the Packers quarterback next year because at the end of the day, this dude is super competitive. I know that he wants to win another Super Bowl. You know, coming off the heels of the MVP season, he still obviously has a lot left in the tank and a lot of good football left in the tank. And I think that, you know, with him being a competitive, that his best option this year for winning football is to be in Green Bay because like it or not they have a good team they've been in the NFC championship two seasons in a row and I think he's got enough weapons to do good I mean he won an MVP with the weapons that he has they re-signed Aaron Jones they still have Devontae Adams MVS is still good you know they've Lazard is good. They've got a Robert Tunyon is good. So Green Bay, they I think they have a good opportunity to win. So I think Aaron Rodgers is at least going to show up one more year in Green Bay and try to go for a Super Bowl. But after 2021, all bets are off in my opinion. And you know then we'll see if he winds up in Las Vegas or on the West Coast somewhere, or you know, or just anywhere else that he could potentially win a second Super Bowl ring. Moving on to the NBA Finals, the Suns and Bucks game one that was last night. I think the last time we had this show, we were talking about how Trey Youngless Hawks was still able to get a win, but you know, at the end of the day, the Bucks were they were just too good and knocked Atlanta out. And you know, I think Atlanta has definitely a lot to look forward to. They went from a team that I think has been a complete afterthought the entire time of my life or the entire time of following basketball, and now with Trey Young, who's definitely elevated himself to bona fide superstar status you know the Hawks are going to be something to look forward to 
But as of right now, we're still in the 2021 season, and we got the NBA Finals, the Phoenix Suns, and Milwaukee Bucks. I think if you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, or even if you would have told me a couple years ago that we'd have a final with the Phoenix and Milwaukee, I would have said that that was crazy and you know, probably not going to get a lot of viewers. But I think that the way we got here and that the way the two teams are and the you know the, the players that are taking part in this in this finals, it makes it worth viewing. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo was a question mark leading into last night's game. You know, he had hyperextended his knee and missed the rest of the Eastern Conference final. You know, last minute he was activated and he was able to play last night. You know, it was in Phoenix, and you know it didn't matter that Giannis was there. Phoenix was you know played strong. You know, it was even for the first half, but I feel like by the third quarter, Phoenix really pulled ahead at some point I think they had a 20 point lead at one point you know Milwaukee they you know they they didn't stop fighting they definitely kept pushing and they you know they had kind of a comeback going there but it wasn't enough you know Phoenix they took it 118 105 Chris Paul he's really been you know he's been more of a scorer than a facilitator I mean he's still point god but you know he's also shown up that he can light it up he got 32 points and this is coming off the heels of the game six that he helped close the Clippers out at Staples Center where he got like 41 points so when you think that Devin Booker is going to be the only one lighting up for Phoenix Chris Paul saying nah I can do it too you know Devin Booker he still was able to put up 27 points and this was on inefficient shooting he was 8 for 21 from the field and 1 for eight from three point and I my as my buddy Thomas I saw him comment on a board it's totally true you know there's definitely a media bias and it depends on what certain people do you know he pointed out that if Paul George would have done that and shot one for eight from three point that everyone would be talking about how playoff P doesn't show up in the playoffs and all this stuff but Devin Booker you know he's been kind of like the media's darling child right now so they're just pointing out that he had a bottle that said book stuff just kind of like Mike stuff in space so you know hey Devin Booker enjoy that the media loves you right now because we all know that the media and public opinion can completely flip at the turn of a dime and also in the Suns you know DeAndre Ayton he had himself a solid game 22 points and 19 rebs you know that was basically kind of the similar stat line that Giannis was able to do on you know a messed up knee you know Giannis finished with 20 points 17 rebounds Chris Middleton had 29 points and Drew Holiday he hasn't been the most solid during this playoff run you know he had 10 points and 9 assists but it was a 4 of 14 shooting from field goal and I think he was 0 of 4 from 3 point so the Bucks are really going to need Drew Holiday to step it up especially with Giannis even though Giannis is going to be playing he's definitely not at 100% so you know Middleton you know he's stepped up and he's been good and shown that he can carry the Bucks on certain nights but I don't think you can rely on Chris Middleton being the number one and winning the championship for the Bucks so we need Holiday to step it up and just the entire Bucks roster to step it up because in my opinion after watching last night I, I see the Bucks maybe getting a game I have the Suns in five. I know that the the in vogue thing right now and Barstool's capitalized on it, that the Suns in four guy is definitely making a lot of cash off that video where he beat the crap out of a couple Denver Nuggets fans. But yeah, it's not Suns in four for me. I think it's going to be Suns in five, but the end message is still going to be the same. Suns, I believe, are going to be the champions this year, but you know, you never know. I think me just saying that might have just been the kiss of death, <laughs> considering that a lot of things that I have prognosticated recently have been the complete opposite of what ends up happening. We'll see.
And before we get out of here, let's talk about the Euro 2020. You know, last show, I think we were still in the quarterfinals. They hadn't even happened yet. But last night, we had our first semifinal. It was Italy and Spain. Italy, who's known for having a solid defense. They've only given up one goal during this Euro tournament, and I think they hadn't let in goals in about like five or six games leading up to the Euro tournament. They've been solid. You know, they they went ahead 1-0 around like the 72nd minute yesterday, and, I, you know, considering how tough a defense they are, you would think that that would have been enough. But Spain had complete control of the game yesterday from what I saw. They had possession. I felt like it was all in the Italy end, and sure enough, you know, 10 minutes left in the game, I think in the 80th minute, Spain tied it up. We went to extra times where it was pretty, you know, uninspiring football. Both teams were afraid to make a mistake, and I think they were both pretty content to just get to penalty kicks. And, you know, at penalty kicks, it's might as well just flip a coin. And at that point, you know, Donna... Uh, Donnarumma, the goalie for Italy. I think he's one of the best in the world. And, you know, I think that gives Italy the advantage in penalty kicks. And Italy got the win. You know, he made a couple big saves. Morata came up. He just kind of, he had a very timid penalty kick. So Donnarumma was able to make that save. And I think it was like Jorginho. It was a Brazilian guy that plays for Italy. He had a really cheeky penalty to win the game for Italy. So Italy, they're going to the Euro final. You know, this is coming off the heels for not even qualifying in the last World Cup. So the Italian, you know, the, the whole country of Italy, all the Italian people, you know, they're definitely, I'm sure, pretty stoked to be in the final of the next or you know, the biggest international tournament besides the World Cup, you know, coming off the heels of not even qualifying for the previous one. And we're going to find out who they're going to play tonight or today. We've got England and Denmark. You know, they're playing at Wembley Stadium. So, you know, England, they smashed the Ukraine in their last game. You know, in Denmark, they've been playing very good and, you know, surprisingly good considering that you know they lost their first game and then they lost Christian Eriksen to cardiac arrest I mean he's completely fine now but he hasn't been playing for Denmark and he's arguably their best player so for them to be at the semifinals very impressive but they're definitely gonna have their hands full against England you know England is you know a stacked squad and they've been playing good they've been handling the pressure that you know playing at, you know, being on the English team, you know, the, the whole English media and the whole country is completely, you know, on them all the time. But I feel like they definitely kind of had the luck of playing most of their games at Wembley Stadium. I think all of their group stage matches were at Wembley. And basically all their matches have been at Wembley besides this past one against the Ukraine where they won 4 nothing. That game was in Rome. But their game today against Denmark is going to be at Wembley. And if they were to get past them, the final against Italy is going to be, you guessed it, at Wembley. So, you know, England definitely has the home crowd advantage. I know that Europe isn't the biggest continent in the world and that it's really pretty easy to travel between countries and get around. But I have to, you'd have to imagine that an England final or anytime England's playing at Wembley, that a majority of that crowd is probably pro-English. So we'll see how that game goes. I would have to, you know, I have to 
pick England to to win today. I think it'd be really surprising if Denmark won. And I couldn't imagine being an English player if they somehow blow the game today against Denmark. But you never know. Think It's sports and crazy shit happens in sports. And I think that's why we all watch it. And that's why we follow it. And that's why I get my ass up early in the morning to make this show for you guys to you know, try to hopefully make your day a little bit better and to provide a little bit of knowledge for you. So, you know, that's all I got for you on this show. You know, there's one last thing before I get out. It was kind of one of those things I didn't know how to bring it up, whether it was the beginning or the middle. But I figure I'll bring it up at the end. You know, it was the tragic situation that involved the the backup goalie for the Columbus Blue Jackets, Matisse Kivlenix. Hopefully I pronounced that right. But he's 24 years old. And on July 4th, he was up at a party in, you know, in a Lake Michigan area. And I think it was at his goaltender coach's house, Manny Legacy. If anyone's a hockey fan, Manny Legacy, he's played for the Detroit Red Wings, I believe. He was on their 2002 Stanley Cup winning team. But basically, they had a fireworks, you know, kind of like a they were doing fireworks. And one of the big fireworks they had, the stand tilted and shot towards a crowd of people. And in that crowd of people was this Matisse. He was in a jacuzzi with a bunch of other people. And apparently he tried getting out. And either the firework directly hit him or the shrapnel hit him. But either way, it caused a lot of damage to his chest, like his heart and lungs. And even though that the EMTs were able to get there in like five minutes and get him into the ambulance and take him to the hospital, you know, he passed away and was pronounced dead at the hospital. It was a complete tragedy. And it's one of the reasons why July 4th, I let the professionals do it. I've never been one. My family's never been one to go buy fireworks. And because at the end of the day, they're, you know, they're explosive devices. You know, they make pretty colors. They do cool shapes. But at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of bombs. And honestly, I have no, I don't know. I have no business handling explosive devices, even if they are tied up in a bow and called fireworks. And, you know, because every year you always hear stories of people blowing up their hands. You know, Jason Pierre Paul, one of the most like was the best defensive ends at the time. You know, he's still in the league, but, you know, he blew off a bunch of fingers with fire, you know, fireworks. You know, there's the funny video with like the Terry, Terry, move, Terry, what you doing, Terry? Because, I mean, that guy's lucky that he didn't fucking get hurt. You know, and so it's just, you know, devastating situation. You know, my, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to his family. I know that's cliche to say, but really, I mean, you just, your, your heart's with them, with the Columbus Blue Jackets organization, and just with all the people that were at that party. I couldn't imagine something like that going on at, like, you know, July 4th party. You know, I think a lot of us can imagine exactly what kind of party that was and probably sounded like a good time until it wasn't. So... That's all I got for you guys today. You know, that was kind of a little bit of a bummer story to end on. But, you know, hopefully you guys have a great Wednesday. Hopefully you guys have a great week. You know, this, you know, later on this week, you know, this weekend is Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier 3. So I'm sure to cover, you know, preview the upcoming UFC card and give my picks and opinions on that. But until then, I have been your host, Dean Ryan. This has been a Cali Green Monster Show. Have a great one, guys. Peace.